the lesbian vampires. As they sat over her bludgeon-to-death body, they filmed themselves kissing. This is 12 Minute True Crime. Stacey Mitchell was murdered last week. Her body dumped in a wheelie bin in a shed at the back of this Laugh Lane house. Stacey was raised on the quiet Dorset coast of the UK with her mum and dad, and at the age of 10, her family emigrated to Perth in Western Australia. She had an older brother and two younger sisters, and they grew up in the suburbs of Perth's Atwell. Stacey had lots of friends at school and loved the nearby skate park, the same place that would later hold a memorial service for her murder. More than 150 people turned out at the Atwell Skate Park today, among them Stacey's siblings and parents who came out of their private grief for the first time to thank their community for all the support. As with most teenagers, things at home started to become tense as she got older. While the young girl was trying to find herself, she fell out with her mum and dad. Early in the week leading up to her death, Stacey ran away from home on December 7, 2006. It wasn't a big argument, but Stacey, being strong-willed and a young woman, decided she wanted to leave. Her parents had no idea of what was to come. Stacey was reported missing by her parents on December 13, 2006. Stacey needed somewhere to stay, and she was introduced to a lesbian couple called Jessica and Valerie, through mutual friends. Stacy got on well with Jess, who was 19, and Valerie, who was 18, and the lure of her new friends in a vacant room was a compelling combination. On December 14, she moved into the front bedroom of the house shared by Jessica and Valerie and 27-year-old David Haynes in the inner Perth suburb of Lathlane. But behind the friendly facade, Jessica and Valerie had a fascination for the macabre. Torture and deeply disturbed obsessions with vampires and drinking human blood. I've managed to keep myself busy. You know, you left that girl alive tonight. Mm-hmm. It's very clumsy of you. Uh, that could be a problem for you. Stacy had no idea of the background of her new friends. Jessica was described by her friends as a beautiful person before she met her lover, Valerie. Jessica had a lonely childhood that had rendered her emotionally barren, the court later heard. She had run away from home, lived on the streets, used drugs and made cash through prostitution. On the other hand, Valerie was the eldest of four children and originally from Kosovo. She allegedly started having problems after her parents divorced in 2004. She also suffered head injuries in a car accident around the same time. A psychologist told the WA court that Valerie had been part of a vampire subculture since the age of 10 and had admitted a fondness for drinking human blood. She had strong sexual sadistic tendencies and was sexually aroused by physical torture and violence. Valerie also had a recent run-in with the local law On October 15, 2006, she'd gone to the local youth support centre and lobbed a brick through a window. Staff became concerned when they noticed Valerie was holding a very nasty-looking meat cleaver. Chapter 2. Planning Murder 
Within a day of Stacey's arrival, her two new friends were plotting her murder. Stacey had a habit of walking around the house in her underwear, which both her friends took as flirting rather than the innocent act it was. For Jessica, her feelings for Stacey turned rapidly to hate, as she believed Stacey was deliberately flirting with Valerie. Both decided Stacey had to go. On the morning of December 17, David, the other flatmate, added to the problem by telling Valerie that Stacy had made distressing comments about one of his male friends. Valerie told him, No one should destroy your happiness. You kill anyone who doesn't. David responded, That sounds like a good idea, but I can think of better people to kill than Stacy. A little later that day, David walked past Jessica in the kitchen and saw that she was grinding glass in a mortar and pestle. When he asked her what it was for, she didn't hold back, telling him it was to go into one of Stacy's drinks. An agonizing way to die, she said. David suggested that an agonizing death may alert the neighbors, but Jessica replied, don't worry, I'll just bury her head in the ground to shut her up. Jessica and Valerie then asked David to help murder Stacy. He said no. He didn't try to stop them or tell Stacy. On the day of Stacy's murder, in a sad irony, only hours before her death, Stacy had made up with her parents. In a phone call, she'd told them that she'd be home the next day. Her parents had arranged to collect her from Success Railway Station just down the road. They would never see or speak to Stacy again. Chapter 3. Cold-Blooded Murder In the early hours of December 18, 2006, Jessica and David were talking. As David didn't want to help with their murderous plot, Jessica told him to go into his room, lock his door and turn up his music. As he went to his room, he saw Jessica give Stacy a pill, which Stacy thought was ecstasy, but Jessica whispered to David that it was a date rape drug. Later that evening, he saw both Jessica and Valerie in the kitchen, drinking whiskey and taking Stillnox tablets. A little while later, David heard the two girls in the kitchen say, Now, now! Now, then, it was followed by a large thud. David got scared and ran from the house. In the kitchen, Valerie began to hit Stacy around the head with a concrete paving slab she'd taken into the house from outside. She kept hitting her, even after the slab broke. Jessica then joined the attack, taking off her dog chain belt and using it to strangle the now semi-conscious Stacy. It took 45 minutes for Stacy to die. If the murder wasn't enough, the pair then made a mobile phone video of the murder scene, complete with narration in which they mock Stacy's English accent. David came back to the house at 3.20am and in his words, in court, found the house still a bit messy. 
Stacey's body had been dumped in a wheelie bin in the shed at the rear of the house. A bad smell coming from a garbage bin is not unusual, but it's what police found inside that had them speechless. The next day, the three went to Bunnings, pricing the handy tools of a murderer's craft, a chainsaw and some spades. Police arrested them all before Stacey's body could be concealed. Chapter 4. Prison Confessions. A prisoner who ended up sharing a cell with Valerie gave a statement saying Valerie told her Jess kept saying it was so hot that they had to have a patch. She said they kissed over Stacy's face. She said Valerie was hitting her with the rock and she was choking her and they pashed over her bloodied face. In January 2007, Jessica wrote of her crime. She said, as soon as it started, it wasn't me. I've never felt that kind of lust for blood before. Something in me changed. The feel of her blood sprayed all over me was almost a romantic, animalistic lust. I don't know when or how. All I know is something in me felt in place. All three pleaded guilty to murdering Stacey. 16 pink balloons released into the summer sky bound for heaven, one for every year of Stacey's short life. David received a two-year sentence for being an accessory. Throughout their hearings, Jessica and Valerie annoyed both the judge and the public with their smirking, talking and snickering. Stacey was a loving, caring 16-year-old girl um, who will be deeply missed by her loved ones. They are obviously devastated by the tragedy that has occurred and words can't describe the way that they are feeling at this time. In March 2008, both were sentenced to a strict security life imprisonment with a minimum of 24 years to be served. 